keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Tuesday, July 18th, 2023. It's the Feast of Blessed Gaspar de Bono. Blessed Gaspar de Bono, he was of humble background. His father, a simple and poor trader, and his mother was blinded at the age of 40. And three years later, three years after giving birth to Gaspar, he had four siblings, or he was one of four, rather. And his family was incredibly devout. Every single morning, the holy couple would attend Mass together and offer their day to God. And then the husband would go off to work. And the wife would meditate or start weaving. Now, the, during the couple's son, Gasper, among his brothers, was the most intelligent. And so they spent extra care to give him a better educational formation. In fact, if someone was actually so generous as to sponsor a formal education for him, and he was eventually received into the third order of St. Dominic. So he was a Dominican. And whenever he afterwards, though, divine providence seemed to direct him on a different path. He was set as a soldier in the army of Emperor Charles V. And during this time, he fought courageously for God and king. And as a military man, he not one time ever swore or took the name of our Lord in vain. Praise uh, be to God. Based? He was extremely vigilant, and he was always sure to make sure that he was never caught uh, somewhere alone with a young lady. He avoided all near occasions of sin and then avoided undignified companions. One day during a battle, though, he was being fought back, and he realized he was surrounded, and he had to retreat, and he did not have anybody to aid him. And so he starts fighting back the enemy cavalry. And as he's stepping back and he himself was on his horse, he starts stepping back slowly and he was taken out and killing the adversaries as they were approaching him. But he did not notice that there was a moat behind him Ooh. and he stepped down and fell into the moat with his horse on top of him. And he was already injured by the fall. Three of the enemies impaled him with a halibird and he was left there to die. And so there, dying, he prayed to the Blessed Virgin, telling her if she would save him, he would enter the order of Minimum Friars founded by St. Francis of Paula. He miraculously did survive, and he went and joined the community in which he became a priest in only two years. He ended up becoming the provincial and was a superior general of the order after a while. A holy man, he ended up dying in the order of sanctity and is now beatified by Pope Pius VI in 1786. Saint Gaspar de Bono, pray for us. Let's use him as an example of Catholic militancy. Uh, joining us right now is our good friend Rudy Carlos. Good morning to you, Rudy. You asked, we listened. I'm back. Here I am, Rudy Carlos on Catholic Drive Time. It's a pleasure to be here this morning and uh, looking forward to the show. That's true. Yesterday we did take a poll. We, we asked, <laughs> we said, hey, hey, if people want Rudy back and we have three people message us and tell us, hey, we want Rudy back, then we'd bring him back. And sure enough, <laughs> we brought him back for the next day. So Rudy is here today. So Now today it's going to be pretty steep. I need 70 people to say, Whoa. Rudy, come back. 
and then I'll consider it tomorrow. Oh, okay. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Wow, that's a huge exponential jump. <laughs> Went from three to seventy. That's a that's a pretty pretty big jump there. But happy Tuesday. Are you uh, ready for uh, the week? Or we're finally we got rid of Monday. Ooh. Now we're settled into Tuesday. You, you're ready for the rest of the week. Yeah, you know what? I've kind of had this reverse thing going on where Mondays have been kind of okay and like the rest of the week just gets super heavy progressively. Mm. And so I'm not looking forward to the rest of the week. But <laughs> but now I have this holy example of the saint of the day and I can I can actually go and, you know, take the, the halberd to the chest and say, I'm going to offer this up for the Lord. Oh, well, praise be to God. Praise be to God. You know, the before we get going, I just remembered Sammy Rodriguez, our president of the Guadalupe Radio Network. He wanted to share an inspiring and encouraging message uh, with our listeners. And so he's actually sending out a letter. He's going to send out a letter because he said that we are enduring very trying times in the world today. Mm, and he wanted to send out a letter to, of encouragement. So in the coming days, we should be receiving that in the mail um, and if you don't receive it, please reach out to Sammy. If you email him, you can email him at grnonline at grnonline.com, and he's be happy to send you one. And I'd be very curious, did you receive your letter yet? If you have, I'd be curious uh, what you thought about it, so let me know. Uh, you can either send me an email. You can find my email listed at grnonline.com forward slash cdt, or if you're listening online, you can always comment down below. If you are watching on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter, uh, feel free to reach out. I'd be very curious if you received that letter. If you didn't, email grnonline at grnonline.com and let Sammy know that you would like that letter. And also, howdy howdy to Catholic Spirit Radio. Good morning to you. Uh, if you're listening on Catholic Spirit Radio, God bless you. I'd love to know whether or not whether you're listening and where in Illinois you're listening from. So good morning to you, Catholic Spirit Radio. All right, let's get going. At 15 past the hour, we're going to be talking about how much does it cost to cross the border? You might be surprised by how much it costs. At 30 past the hour, the older generation does not understand the modern porn problem. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit at 30 past the hour. And in the next hour, Debbie Giorgiani with The Spirit World will be joining us. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Plus, our Fear and Trembling game show, as always. So make sure you're ready to call in. You can find our phone number listed on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But let's begin with prayer. We're going to offer up this prayer for your intentions, whatever it is you have going on in your life, for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for, and for the end of child trafficking and child exploitation in our country and in the whole world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O oh my God, I beg of thee, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, through the merit of the precious blood offered to thee in every sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, to grant that this day one sinner may be converted, one mortal sin be averted, one soul in doubt be converted to truth, one soul about to die in sin receive the grace of repentance and a happy death, and the deliverance of that soul in purgatory which is nearest heaven, I wish by this offering to console the heart of Jesus in agony for souls lost through the teaching of error against the true church of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. May thy blood, O Lord, be my salvation. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. This is Rudy Carlos filling in for Tito. Today is Tuesday, July 18th, and here are your headlines this morning. The Washington Examiner reports... 
Pentagon blasted for failing five audits and missing 61% of its assets. All of it's going to Zelensky, someone said. In March, House Committee on Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer from Kentucky and Subcommittee on Government Operations and the Federal Workforce Chairman Pete Sessions from Texas began an investigation into the Department of Defense for its failure to prevent waste, fraud, and abuse after losing 61% of its $3.5 trillion worth of assets and failing its fifth consecutive audit in last November. LifeSite News reports African priest hospitalized after he was attacked with a machete in his Louisiana parish. The attack took place after two men approached Father Stephen Ugwu, pastor of St. John the Evangelist in Melville, Louisiana. Witnesses say that one of the men, Johnny Dwayne Neely of Palmetto, Louisiana, allegedly attacked Ugu with a machete after the priest would not share any food with him. The second man who approached Ugu initially called the police, according to the Diocese of Lafayette. Misty Gray, another witness and neighbor of the parish, said that Neely was shouting racist words, saying he was going to kill black people. She also told the outlet that Neely had swastika and other white supremacist tattoos. Breitbart reports, train carrying hazardous materials derails outside of Philadelphia. Homes are evacuated. The Pennsylvania derailment follows five months after a train derailed in East Palestine, Ohio. Nearly 5,000 residents of East Palestine evacuated following the February 3rd train derailment after Norfolk Southern officials decided to burn vinyl chloride from five tanker cars in an attempt to prevent an explosion. And Catholic News Agency reports, Benedictines in the U.S. return to organ building. The Benedictines are returning to their ancient tradition of building church organs, according to Benedict, Benedictine Father Lou Grobe, director of St. John's Abbey, Abbey Woodworking, and soon to launch Abbey Organ Builders in Collegeville, Minnesota. Abbey Organ Builders will be officially dedicated on October 17th, and its inaugural commission is an organ from St. Michael the Archangel Parish in Leewood, Kansas. Not only will the shop build organs, but it will serve as a school for artisans, passing the talent of organ building to future generations. That's beautiful. Those are your breaking news and stories. Stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired for more. Back to you, Adrian. The Gospel of the Day tells a story about our Lord berating the cities where he was doing miracles. And I think it is very, very concerning for us this message that he gives to the Jews, eh, whew, it's doubly so for us who are Christians. He says here on Matthew 11, verse 20 through 24, he says in verse 20, Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein were done the most of his miracles, for that they had not done penance. Now, our Lord here, what is he saying? He is saying that he went up to those cities. And he performed miracles in front of them. And they have not done penance. Now, this is a grave situation for somebody because too much who is given, much is expected. And our Lord expounds upon this in verse 21 when he says, Woe to thee, Chorazin! Woe to thee, Bethsaida! For if in Tyre and Sidon had been wrought the miracles that have been wrought in you, they had long ago done penance and sackcloth and ashes. Now here he's saying that those who have received the miracles, who have received the word of God, they huh, have less, they have less excuse. And so their punishment will be so much worse. 
In fact, our Lord here is expressing his omnipotence because he is showing that he knows not only all things, but he knows all possible things. So he knows that if those same miracles were wrought in Tyre and Sidon, that they would have done penance and sackcloth and ashes. And yet they didn't receive that grace. But you, O Chorazin, O you, O Bethsaida, you have received these miracles. And yet you are unbelieving. You do not do penance in sackcloth and ashes. He says in verse 22, But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. Now this applies to you and I who are Catholics because we have received the fullness of the truth. We have received all the great miracles. This does not mean that those who fail to live up to God's standard don't end up in hell. But instead, what it means is that when both of us are in hell, we will be in a lower place. We will be in a deeper place in hell and a more in a place of more suffering because we have been given much. And again, too much was given. Much is expected. In verse 23, he says, And thou, Capernaum, shalt thou be exalted up to heaven? Thou shalt go down even unto hell. For if in Sodom had been wrought the miracles that had been wrought in thee, perhaps it had remained unto this day. Amazing situation, because he's saying that even in Sodom, even in Sodom and Gomorrah, which God destroyed with fire from heaven, he's saying that Sodom would have remained to this day if they had received the miracles that you are receiving. He says in verse 24, But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. And you notice, he always uses the land of Sodom as the comparison because Sodom and Gomorrah was the worst possible thing. You're thinking the grossest, the most unnatural of sins, the rejection of Almighty God and the unnatural vice of the Sodomites plus this unfaithfulness to God makes this a absolute grievous sin. And yet, what does our Lord say? He says, for you who have received the truth of the gospel, who have received the miracles, who have received my apostles, who have received the Son of God made flesh, oh, for you, it's going to be worse in hell than even Sodom and Gomorrah. Ooh-wee. Would hate to be you on Judgment Day, is what our Lord tells us. So, let's not be like the Sodomites. Let's not be like the Gomorians, and instead, let's follow the truth of the gospel and live the faith. It's not enough to believe. We must live the faith as well. We'll be right back, right after this. Hey, Donnie, what does the catechism say that the purpose of life is? To know, love, and serve God and be happy in the next. That's right. So we can be happy with Him in the next life. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, 
G.K. Chesterton says, the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. You know, the immigration crisis is always something on my mind because there's just so many aspects to it that are that are not good. There's the trafficking of children across the border. There's the violation of our laws. There's the flooding of our infrastructure. There's just so many aspects that it just cannot cover at all. But I saw this article today and I found this very fascinating. How much do you think it cost to cross the border? And I was thinking this to myself, okay, how much would it cost to cross the border? Well, if I want to, I was looking at uh, plane tickets. If I want to fly across the country, it'll cost me about, uh, if I'm trying to find the cheapest possible tickets, I could probably get tickets for like $250. If I want to fly to France, it's probably going to cost me about $1,000. If I want to fly first class, I bet I can probably get it for about $2,500. If I want to... uh, Take a cruise. Well, maybe it might cost me about three, four thousand dollars. I can hop on a luxury cruise and travel. But how much do you think it costs to be smuggled across the border? Well, Tim Cast News reports Mexicans are paying human smugglers an average of six thousand nine hundred and thirty-seven U.S. dollars to be brought across the southern border into the United States according to a recent report from EMIF Nortra, a joint initiative of the Mexican government, the College of the Northern Border, and the International Organization for Migration. So there you go. It's not just some uh, American political activist situation. And let me just tell you how much that is in Mexican pesos. Just like, just guess, how much do you think that is in Mexican pesos? That would be 116,000 Mexican pesos is how much it costs for them to bring you across the border. The average price price paid by Mexican women is $7,839, 19% higher than the 6,565 average price paid by men, the report states. Information previously released by the Department of Homeland Security shows that smugglers often referred to as coyotes are rank, rank are racking in as much as 6 billion dollars per year by illegally transporting people across the southern border. According to the report of EMIF, more 45% of Mexican migrants uses a coyote to cross the border. More than half say they do not have documents required to enter or work in the U.S. legally. Over 55% of migrants surveyed say that they endured extremely hot or extremely cold conditions traveling to the U.S., why nearly a quarter, 24.8% to be exact, said that they lacked food or water. 86% say they traveled alone through Mexico. 
The increasing use of smugglers used the, over the past two years has only fueled the growing strength of the drug cartels and the humanitarian crisis along the U.S.-Mexican border. The Federation for America Immigration Reform said in a statement, the latest report provides more evidence that the open border policies of the Biden administration are hurting Americans and migrants arriving here, not helping them. Last year was the deadliest year on record for migrants, with at least 853 who died attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border unlawfully. That figure is likely underreported as federal officials determined that the Border Patrol is not collecting or reporting complete data on migrants' deaths. Also in 2023, or sorry, 2022, in Cochise County, Arizona, an estimated 1,000 vehicles per month are coming into the country to engage in drug or human smuggling, the Arizona Daily Independent reported. Though state courts are unable to prosecute for human smuggling, Cochise County Attorney Brian McEntry began charging individuals with other related offenses, such as felony endangerment for putting passengers at risk when a driver fails to yield during a traffic stop, according to The Independent. Wow, that is very, very concerning. People have this kind of, um, they've been pitched, they've been pitched this idea that if you are a compassionate person, if you love people, if you care about people, then you have to be open border. You have to support immigration coming to the country. You have to support open border policies. But this is not the case. This is not compassionate. It is bringing across many people who are doing very evil things. It is bringing across people who are dying trying to get here. It's defrauding these people of their money. For what? Because half of them, more than half of them, can't even work in America. It's causing all these problems for what? It is a very, very concerning situation that we have to reconcile, and it is not compassionate to say, hey, let's just leave the doors open and let everybody in. I mean, would you do that for your house? Would you do that for anything else? That's very, very concerning. Even businesses have doors, have locks, have gates. So, too, must our country. And I think it's very concerning that we are just allowing people to die in order to come over. And this doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what's happening to so many people here that are on the border. Tim Ballard had reported back in 2019 how he was talking about uh, to, uh, to Donald Trump that so many of these children are brought over, are raped on the way over. They're raped by the coyotes. And then when they get here... The reason why they have to detain these kids and separate them from these adults is because most of the time they're not their parents. They claim to be their parents. They claim to be their aunts and uncles. They're not. They're usually their abusers. And there's no way to verify. So then what do you do? What do we do? Do we just give the kids to whoever? Do we send them back to Mexico? You, you end up putting the U.S. in an impossible situation. So you have these children coming over. Do we just send them into the adoption agencies? Do we flood the adoption agencies with, with kids? Do we just give them to random people? Do we require verification? What if the people don't have verification? It becomes an impossible situation that we have set ourselves up in, and there is no good solution. So we have to shut down the border. If we narrow in and allow only legal immigration, 
and we allow people to come in through ports of entries, then we can vet this, these things. Then we can make these things better and save people's lives. So people aren't risking their lives for what? They people say for opportunity. Well, is it opportunity if you're dying? Do the people know that they're going to die coming over? That the chances of them dying are extremely likely? That they're going to go days or weeks without food or water? This is a very, very concerning situation. Speaking of concerning situations, on uh, Twitter, and speaking of children and aging children, I saw this this morning, so I kind of wanted to bring this up a little bit. Parents endanger millions of kids by posting their photos online. And I know... Uh, Rudy has kind of a, a policy where he does not share photos of his of his kids uh, mm-hmm. to the public. Uh, tell me why you do that, Rudy. <laughs> well, look, uh, I grew up in the '90s. I'm a, I'm a millennial, and um, you know, I had the opportunity to decide for myself whether or not I wanted to have an online presence. And as time has progressed, I've noticed that uh, it's becoming not much of a choice, but rather a, a requirement for most people to have some sort of online presence. And uh, they sort of translate that and and kind of uh, impose that on their children. And so you see parents posting pictures of their children, sometimes like like in not in like risky positions or anything like that. But you're you're just sharing, you're oversharing their entire life. And that's out in the open for them. And that's something that doesn't sit right with me. Hmm. When I had my first daughter, Maria, I, I you know, I, I had that that choice that I had to make because you know, we were kind of like uh, a little bit far from all of our, our family members. And you know, everybody's asking, like, hey, you know, like, can we maybe see some pictures of the baby? Like, how are things going? We want to see what's going on, how she's growing up. And I thought, maybe I'll open up a social media account for that, for, for Maria. And, you know, we can just post pictures and then the family can, you know, take a look and, you know, it'd be fine. But not only, not only is that kind of... Uh, I think that's kind of naive to think that that that's just what it's going to be. I think what it ends up becoming is that parents then sort of use their their kids as sort of like a way for for gratification through these social media Mm -hmm. platforms. And that's not even to speak about the the privacy issues. I mean, I already I can tell you, I mean, I don't even like to use my phone to take pictures you know, and, and I used to be a photographer, so they, they used to say, like, the best camera is the one you have in your hand, right? And so mm-hmm. I feel really weird taking pictures of, of anything on my phone mm. because my phone is now indexing their faces. Right. So there's a privacy issue here that a lot of people don't think about. And I'm not saying, like, hey, don't use your phone anymore. Well, but <laughs> so when you, when you first told me that you do But there's do a this, privacy issue. Because you told me that you did this back whenever you uh, first came over, and you were like, oh, yeah, we don't share pictures of, of, our, of our daughter. And I was like, okay, that's a little strange, but um, <laughs> eh, I'm not going to say anything because, uh, you know, parents can raise their kids how they want. No big deal. I probably wouldn't do that. But, well, to use their own. But then I saw this, and I was like, whoa, maybe Rudy's right. And yeah, I hate saying Rudy getting, is right. It's, it's like my worse. least favorite thing. <laughs> and this, this uh, Twitter thread here said, parents who share their kids' photos on social media are unwittingly exposing their children to serious dangers from child traffickers, pedophiles, criminals, mm. and cyber gangs armed with AI tools. Yeah. There are many serious risks, including but not limited to identity theft from photos and videos, sexual exploitation and grooming, cyberbullying, doxing and kidnapping risks 
Shocking statistics from the Identity Theft Resource Center reveals that 1.3 million children's records are stolen each year in the U.S. The problem is getting worse with a 63% increase in cases from 2021 compared to 2019. And based on reports and authorities, these figures are just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. Tracy Kitten, an expert on online safety, says the picture of uh, pic- the picture our findings paint quickly becomes dark, grim, and scary. Sexual predators are increasingly using AI to create child sex abuse content by applying deep fake image generators. They use real pictures taken from social media and place these on child pornography from pedophile gangs. AI can also be used to impersonate an individual's voice, which can be used for fraud, extortion, and cyberbullying. Imagine your child's voice being used to say embarrassing things, and then this is used to extort or bully them. Another risk is doxing. A video or image could provide geolocation, an AI tool with enough unique information to very accurately reveal the location where pictures or videos are taken. Now, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are a dozen other things wrong with this. And after reading this, and they have an attached video that's three minutes long, and um, I, I almost say don't watch it because it's just, uh, people. Should, I guess people should watch it. It's really disturbing. But the idea here is so concerning because this person, when talking about this, said that they were, after creating this article and they're about to post it, a friend of them reached out to them and said how they're, their son, they caught their son posting pictures of them without his shirt on and putting them on Telegram because he was asked to by a six-year-old girl. And as it turns out, he said that by looking at the chat style, it was clear to him that it was actually an adult messaging their son. Unbelievable. This could happen to anybody. So we have to be vigilant. We have to protect our kids. So I guess, I guess Rudy's right. I'm not going to put pictures of my kids online. I don't know about you. We'll be right back. This is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. According to 1 Corinthians 11, receiving communion in an unworthy manner can result in sickness and or death. If communion is simply wafer and juice as opposed to body and blood, doesn't the possibility of sickness and death just seem a little over the top? So here's the three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. First off, in the Bread of Life discourse in John 6, Jesus says, He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. Note, he said drink my blood. He did not say drink my wine or grape juice. Well, no commentary need it there. Secondly, you going to walk? The disciples did not walk away from Jesus over a symbolic teaching of body and blood. They walked over how literally Jesus was teaching them. Also, they did not walk over the idea that feeding on Christ's body and blood is feeding on the Bible. No, no, no. And thirdly, your new response. My Catholic friend, when you are asked, hey, have you received Christ? Your answer is yes, every Sunday at Mass. That's how I know objectively that Christ is in me. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. The National Catholic Register reports 
Iraq's president revokes recognition of Catholic leader. Cardinal Louis Sacco, patriarch of the Chaldean Catholic Church, announced on Saturday that he is withdrawing his seat from Baghdad after Iraqi President Abdul Rashid revoked a decree recognizing him as head of the Christian Church in Iraq. He says, quote, I call on Christians to remain in their faith, which is their consolation, their strength, their light and life, and on their national identity until the storm passes with the help of God, unquote. Cardinal Sacco added, May God help the helpless Christians and Iraqis. The Epic Times reports writing, chess, puzzles, they lessen dementia risks in older age, says a new study. Writing, puzzles, chess, and cards are among activities that new help, that may help rather, reduce the risks of dementia in older age, according to a new Australian study. Findings from the Monash University research found that older people who often participate in active literacy activities like taking education classes, writing letters or journals, or are active with uh, mental activities like playing games and cards lower their dementia risk by 9 to 11% over 10 years than their peers. So I'm going to be gaming when I'm uh, you know, a lot older, Adrian. I'm going to game forever. The Daily Wire reports, rule of law, Michigan City officials fired over pride flag violation. I'm conflicted about this story. Two officials on the Hamtramck Human Relations Commission have been removed after the city council said that they violated a city ordinance banning the display of LGBT pride flags on city property. The all-Muslim city council voted last month to ban the display of LGBT pride flags on all city properties. In a unanimous vote this week, Russ Gordon and Kathy Stackpole were kicked off of the Human Relations Commission after the council said the pair were responsible for flying a pride flag on government property. Those were all your headlines this morning. May God bless all of your holy efforts today. Yeah, Rudy, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. The that's <laughs> yeah, that is kind of conflicting. I'm well, like, you know where I'm hmm, conflicted, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not about the flag, guys. <laughs> it's not about the flag. <laughs> it's like, oh, Rudy, it's I the didn't fact know that about you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's the fact that our our these Muslim uh, city council members had the wherewithal to to do this, and I'm not seeing this from our Christian brothers. It's interesting because um, in in one sense, I'm like, I'm, I'm glad the Muslims are doing this. And the other <laughs> sense, I'm like, why do we have Sharia law being implemented in the United States? And why do I think that that's based? Yeah. I'm like, wow, I feel so conflicted about it. It's like, that. yeah, honestly, honestly, I'm like, I'm like, no, no. Emulate the Muslims? But I can't say that out loud. You know, it's interesting, though, because if the Muslims can do it, why can't we? Well, yeah, absolutely. And so... I mean, I I've always that. been telling people that, you know, move to these smaller cities, like these major cities, it's really, really hard to have any kind of influence. But if you move to these smaller cities, well, you could run for office. You could mm. uh, have your friends, your family, be on the school board, be the mayor, be the dog catcher, be the sheriff, all these different positions. And you kind of just shape the city to be a Catholic city. And you could do that. And it would be subsidiarity. It wouldn't be wrong. Yeah. It would be in fact, it would be right because you would be it would be representing your your city, and so I think that's um, I think that's a it, it's weird news certainly. <laughs> it's a good takeaway. It's a good takeaway. <laughs> it's a it's something that shows that it can be done. People, these naysayers who are like, oh well, it's there's nothing we can do. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there is clearly because the Muslims are doing it. Well, it's true. You know, we we think of this Catholic society as an impossibility, and. 
And and I think we have the wrong idea. We we look and visualize these gigantic cities, and we want to start with the humongous cities and say, this is where we need to start. This is where we need to go. This is ground zero. And yeah, it's true. We need some evangelists there, right? But maybe you're not going to have as much traction there as you would, like you said, in a small city. And I know that uh, this comes to mind, you know, when, when we were talking about California yesterday, outside of the cities, there's definitely red bastions in California. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're small cities. They're governed the way that the people want to be governed. So, yeah, this is this is exactly subsidiary a subsidiarity. We need to go into these small cities. We need to be the best Catholics that we can and build a Catholic society that way. That's possible. Yeah, I like what you said about it. He's like, yeah, we need evangelists, but um, the evangelist goes goes into the city, right? Yeah. But you have there. a you have a retreat. <laughs> you retreat back to to somewhere else. Uh, so it's kind of a it's like a plan of attack. You have your home base, mm-hmm. and then you you come in and you assault the city. You uh, lay siege to the city. Um, but in this analogy, obviously, you're not physically attacking the city. You're laying siege by uh, handing, out medals, handing out miraculous medals, handing out miraculous medals, and <laughs> preaching the gospel. And then at the end of the day, you retreat back into your home, and you can promote Catholic values and still protect your children. I, I think this is great. I think this is really good. Um, now we just have to uh, take over the the Muslim city, though, and make it Catholic. Um, or maybe we should send in somebody to uh, to convert them there. It, it's also interesting. You mentioned the Alzheimer's thing. Oh yeah, I've also been. I also heard the um, Alzheimer's is a huge help for people with Alzheimer's is praying the rosary. Really? Yeah, that by praying the rosary, if you pray the rosary during your life, it is something that is so calming. Mm. and repetitive that it helps your memory when you get old and that you can uh, people who have alzheimer's and people who have dementia uh, are still able to pray the rosary and it provides them great comfort wow uh, during their old age that's really cool yeah yeah i had a friend named jack uh jack passed away last year his name was jack hummel and uh he was the first texan that i ever met back in california uh and jack had this fear you know in his old age that he would lose his mind and so Every single day without fail, Jack would print out uh, Sudoku puzzles every day without fail. And he would do like the most absurd, ridiculous, like difficult Sudoku puzzles. And it always blew my mind. He was the he's actually the person who taught me how to how to do uh, play Sudoku. But uh, I always thought it was kind of silly. And now that I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm reading this this article here, I'm thinking, wow, maybe I should uh, take up some games. Uh, as I get older, I feel like I'm losing my, my mental cognizance here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't use it. You lose it, right? Yeah. So therefore, I should play video games. Right? Therefore, you should play video games more. That's the That's only true. logical conclusion. I, I should tell my wife that. I should say, listen. For the sake of the longevity of our relationship, I need to play more video games. I'm the man of the house. I need to provide for you as long as possible. <laughs> And I just really need some time to play video games. I'm sure that conversation will go over very well. Very, very excited to hear how that goes over. <laughs> and I need, I need my daughters to play video games too. Right, just so you, you make sure that they are cognitively functioning. At In an fact, age. we're gonna we're gonna create a competitive video game uh, team, and, right? And we're gonna tour around the country. Okay, and we're gonna win. Well, there you go, folks. (laughs) Um, You know, it's interesting, uh, kind of speaking on health news, I saw this article, which I thought was super fascinating to me because um, I've always been told you got to take care of your teeth because your teeth, you're the only ones you get. Right. And if you ruin your teeth, it's over for you. You mean your second set. Right, your second set, your adult teeth. And But um, there was an article I saw that came out a couple days ago that there's a Japanese scientist who is pioneering medicine that allows adults to regrow their teeth. Oh, 
And I was immediately, for some reason, that just makes me feel creeped out. Hmm. Like the idea of regrowing teeth is kind of freaky to me. I don't know why. But here it says uh, the Japanese scientists are making progress in developing a groundbreaking medicine that could enable adults to regrow new teeth. The treatment aids to address hereditary issues in adults who lack a full set of teeth. Hmm. Clinical trials are scheduled to begin next year with the goal of making the medicine available for general use by 2030. Lead researcher Katsu Takahishi and his team have been studying the regrowth of teeth and discovered that blocking a protein called USAG1 can promote the growth of more teeth. Previous experiments on animals have shown successful regrowth of permanent adult teeth. Hmm. The researcher also believes the medication may be beneficial for treating gum disease such as Peoria or Peora, Pihora, Pihoria. I don't know. But that's really interesting to me. That sounds like hubris to me. Yeah, I'm I mean, always there's a reason, skeptical. right? I mean, there's a reason you only grow two sets. Like, yeah. Why develop something? I don't know. I'm, I'm always conflicted when it comes to these kind of things because I'm like, in one sense, restorative surgeries and care, I think, are good. But at the same time, these restorative surgeries can also lead to bad things. Now, what is a bad thing that might lead to? We don't know yet. I'm sure we will find out. What if you regrow the tooth, but it's like abnormally large and you have like buck teeth? Like <laughs> like Bucky from, from Bucky's here in Texas? Um, well, I mean, if that's the worst thing that happens and you have no teeth and now you have that, I think someone might prefer that, to be honest. But I think, I mean, I'm just thinking about like the transhumanist idea. Mm. Like, for instance, if um, if a man is in the military and he gets his arm blown off in the military, he's uh, he steps on a bomb or blows his leg off, for instance. Well, with modern technology, we can replace a leg with a prosthetic leg, and prosthetic legs are only getting better and better, so they can actually sync up with the brain. They're not just a, a thing that looks like a leg. It's actually going to move like mm-hmm. a leg, and we're going to get better and better at that. The worry is that, and we're kind of already seeing this, is that that ends up becoming something voluntary. So it becomes voluntary surgery. So someone says, okay, well, I uh, don't have a broken leg, but... The prosthetic legs are actually better. They make you run faster, stronger. They have all these attachments to it. And so I want to cut it off and replace it. Or you're like, hey, I'm, I'm only 5'6", and I want to be 6 feet tall. Yeah. I'm going to chop my legs off. That's a, People are doing this surgeries to make themselves taller now, so I, I, that's, not, that's not far-fetched at all. And I'm, when we come back, I want to explore a little bit more about this transhumanist idea All this and more coming up on Catholic Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Because Jesus said in Matthew 23 that no one should be called rabbi, father, or teacher, I'm sure you would never call one of your teachers teacher, would you? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a Catholic no-no, calling a priest father. Well, what about Paul calling Timothy, Titus, and Onesimus his sons? No doubt his spiritual sons, but is it not proper for a spiritual son to call his spiritual father father? This reverential title should never have generated such a big point of contention. Secondly, the New Testament. In Acts 7 and Romans 9, we see the term father being used referring to Abraham and some of our great patriarchs. And my take, isn't context everything? When Jesus is speaking to the multitudes, it's oftentimes in the language and style of hyperbole. His discourse was not focused on titles or ecclesiastical guidelines. Jesus was once again warning against giving honor where honor is not due. Next time you see your pastor, just say, hey, preacher, uh, that just seems so lacking. 
Donnie, what are the mysteries that we pray on the rosary? Glorious, ominous, joyful, and sorrowful. There you go. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Uh, we're talking about transhumanism, this idea of, of changing your body. Trans meaning to change or to uh, cross, literally, is what it means. And then humanism is to change from human. So they're changing. They're trying to... Their articulation is, we're going to perfect humanity by linking technology and humanity. Now, technology is good. Technology is not... Well, technology is morally neutral, rather. Is it? It's morally neutral, and people can use it for good, or they can use it for bad. The example I like to give is, uh, if you are in need, for instance, here's another example. And here's an example that has already played out to its logical conclusion, and everything else was going to follow. If, for instance, someone, let's say a fireman, he gets caught in a fire, and his body is burnt up. And now he has these horrific scarring all over his body. You can have plastic surgery in order to have restorative surgery to try to make your body more like it was before the injury. Skin grafts. Skin grafts, things mm -hmm. like that. And this is good. There's no, I would never say someone should not do that. I wouldn't be like, oh, that's crazy. You're changing your body. It's like, no, you're restoring your body. You're fixing it. Mm -hmm. But then what happens? Now you have this skill and this industry, but there's such only a small population of people who need skin grafts and plastic surgery for restorative means. So then what happens? It becomes cosmetic. capitalistic and it becomes cosmetic. Yeah. And then you have elective plastic surgery, elective cosmetic surgery, and people are like, I don't like the shape of my nose. Then they shave off parts of your face or they're like, oh, you know, my, my chin is, is not the right shape. So but they if shave you, off part of their chin. If you could, though, what would you change? I would change nothing. Really? I would change nothing. I would like a better jawline. Um, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> I would change nothing about myself. I think... Um, That's I the mean, way God made us. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, there are things like, for instance, my weight that I would change, but I wouldn't do surgery to do that. Right. I would just lose weight, and that would fix that problem. Because I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, this... Uh, and so people don't like this. People are going to be mad at me about this one. Dyeing your hair. People who dye their hair, obviously, if you're doing it like bright pink and bright blue, that's obviously disordered. But dyeing it even other natural colors, that's not your natural color, it's an element of transhumanism. You're what about rejecting restoratively, yourself. like you're going gray and you're restoratively dyeing it the same color brown. But you're not restoring it because your hair mm. is naturally, you're, you're aging. Mm. The natural means is that your hair turns a different color. And so by you're rejecting your the Status. reality you're rejecting you're rejecting reality is what is happening mm -hmm. and so all these different things whether it be the dying of the hair the plastic surgeries all these things are it's a it's a denial of reality fundamentally is what it, it, what it boils down to mm -hmm. and people will call me crazy but I, this is the ideology it's obviously not a one-to-one -one correlation but this is the idea this is the philosophy that leads to transgenderism which leads to transhumanism and 
people don't like that, but it's, yeah, I mean, your natural hair is your hair that God gave you. And people are like, but I, I, I feel more like a blonde. I feel more like a brunette. I feel more like a red person. Like, I identify as a blondie. It's like, no. <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, I was actually born to be a blonde. I've heard this from people. People will be like, I, inside, I'm really a blonde. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, Does that no, mean not. you can make blonde jokes to that right. person? Well, there you go. I guess so. <laughs> uh, but that's the same ideology of uh, transgenderism, no? Right. Where they say, well, oh, inside, I'm actually a man, even though I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm going to surgically conform myself to my inward reality. Mm -hmm. And it's just a much lesser level, but it's the same ideology there. And it's a, and you, people should not want to deny reality. They should want to embrace and promote reality. And I think that's a very big concern. Yeah, back to that that uh, regrowing your teeth story. Uh, I, you know what just comes to mind is the Tower of Babel. Every time I hear any of these stories about scientific discoveries that are being used, kind of they they come around in in like a not so malicious way, right? Like, hey, people are going to be able to chew their their uh, what, what's it, that cereal that's like basically eating gravel, uh, grape nuts. Yeah, they're going to be able to eat their grape nuts again. It's great. It's fantastic. They're going to grow back their teeth. But then there's that that other that other side of the reality, right? That, that most likely this is not going to be an this is going to be an elective surgery. It's going to turn into a cosmetic thing. And when I think about these discoveries, I think about the Tower of Babel because what do we see in the Tower of Babel? It was a misuse of of science. So these people they had uh, they had bricks and mortar, and they they instead of using it to build their houses, they said, "I'm going to use this. I'm going to misuse it." And I'm going to build a tower to reach up to heaven. I'm going to reach up to God. I'm going to raise up above above to the level of God using this technology. And that's kind of what we're in right now. We're seeing these people who are changing their bodies. They're changing everything about themselves for this like so-called inward reality that doesn't actually exist. It's crazy. It's hubris. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's like taking things to a logical conclusion, right? What are we seeing now? The people trying to grow kids in pods, yeah, like not in even fertilization. Well, in vitro fertilization is is one bad thing where they're implanting the child into a woman, but now they're trying to create artificial wombs, yeah. so women never even have to get pregnant. It's horrible. It's very horrible. This is disordered, and many women are are wanting to do this because they're like, nah, I don't want to go through it's the unnatural. issues. Unnatural. It is unnatural. It is incredibly unnatural. Which is why I said. Well, there's a reason why you only get two sets of teeth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's very interesting. I, I don't know. We, we shall see. I, I always want to say that restorative surgery, restorative medicine is good. But cosmetic surgery and cosmetic medicine is not always good. It's not always good. In fact, it's usually bad. And you know what? I have to admit, I am paid by big denture. So what's going to happen to my buddies? <laughs> Who manufacture dentures? They're going to be taken out of the business. Oh, see, that's a good point. They're going to uh, lose the dentures their job. idea. So, I mean, if you're regrowing your teeth, you don't need dentures anymore. But what are dentures? Dentures are an attempt to restore yeah. your teeth. So, I mean, it's understandable. We do want to have those things. We want to restore our eyesight, so we wear glasses, and so those are the kind of things. So they're not those are not bad. They are restorative. And so I guess that's really the idea: is that we should try to promote things that are restorative and reject things that are purely cosmetic. And obviously sometimes there's overlap there, and that's why you say purely cosmetic. If it's just out of vanity, then I suppose then we should try to avoid those kind of situations. 
Hmm. Very, very concerning situation. I think we have to keep that in mind. And, you know, part of this wraps around with what we were talking about yesterday, Hollywood culture, social media culture. Um, we're always trying to capture people and wanting people to promote their themselves in public. And everybody wants the likes, wants the, the, the thumbs up, the comments and all these things. And they are seeking the approval of others instead of seeking the approval of God. And I think that's ultimately the root of a lot of our problems in the modern age. I think that we never, we have to, we have to see, we have to seek to try to please God rather than please man. And the idea, the temptation of human respect is massive, is absolutely massive. We desire to be loved by others. And so when people say something against you, you immediately want to revolt and say, oh, well, I didn't mean that. Oh, I want to try to hedge that. And it's a struggle, especially for people who present, present themselves in the public. That's why we see so many people, politicians, uh, social media influencers, celebrities, uh, they may come out and say something good every once in a while, and then there's a massive backlash. And what happens? They cave in and they say, oh, I didn't mean that, I didn't mean that, and they back off. But you have to understand that we have to love God first. We have to have love of God first and everybody else second. And we have to seek respect from God and not man. Human respect will lead us astray. And I always keep this in mind whenever I, I say things and I express myself, like, is it my opinion? Now, if someone has, has different opinions than me, I'm happy to listen to them. But at the end of the day, I'm going to analyze it and make my decision. And it's going to be based off of my reason and through the eyes of the faith, my understanding of the faith. And ultimately, I'm going to say, does this please God? Or am I just seeking to appease man? And if it's seeking to appease man, then I'd rather lose my job. I'd rather be fired. I'd rather be on the streets. I'd rather do anything. I'd rather do anything than displease God. And I think that's the mindset we have to have when it comes to every aspect of our life, whether it be speaking out, whether it be what we post online, whether it be how we dress, whether it be how we dye our hair or how we put makeup on or how we any a number of things, every single thing should be looked at and said, I want to please God rather than man. Is my actions pleasing to Almighty God? If it's not, if it's not pleasing to Our Lady, then maybe we shouldn't do it. Let me give you a catchphrase, dear listener. Quid hoc ad eternitatum. What does this look like in light of eternity? That's exactly what you just said, Adrian. If we have an eternal mindset, if we have an eternal outlook, Everything that we do, whether it's big or small, and believe me, the way that you do your small things is the way you do your big things. If you have a, if you have this in mind for all of the things that you do, this eternal outlook, you're going to be pleasing God. Yeah, you know, I think it might be a worthy thing for people to study natural law. I think that this is one thing that is lost in our education that has caused so much trouble, is that the question is, unto what end? And very simply put, unto what end? Unto what end are you doing everything? Any action that you're doing, you should ask yourself, unto what end? And this is the idea of natural law. To what end is something made? A human body was made to, for certain ends. If you abuse it and do it for a different end, it causes problems. You think about a tree. If you, it's a tree is made to flourish, it's made to grow. So if it's not flourishing and growing, there's something wrong. You look at it, okay, well, a tree needs water to grow. But for some reason, I'm pouring Dr. Pepper into the tree. So now the tree is dying. Well, unto what end are you pouring the Dr. Pepper? You're, you're killing it. And, and you're so, wasting it. And you're wasting it. 
And so this is a, a very important idea that we have to keep in mind is that things have natural ends. They have purposes in life. Everything has a purpose. And if you're not seeking that purpose, and everybody has an objective purpose. You don't make up your own purpose. You don't make up your own rules, your own dreams. These are things that God has and planned for you. And not every desire that comes into your heart is something you should pursue. We have very wicked desires within us. And someone told me recently, they said, not every thought that passes through your mind is your thought. Mm. And I thought that was very interesting. And I was like, yeah, that's very true. Because sometimes you're thinking about something and you have a dozen different thoughts and you're like, okay, you grab one and you say this one, you analyze it, and then you make it your thought by saying, okay, I've thought about it and I am really to articulate it out. And I think that's something that is kind of lost in today's culture is that we kind of think whatever pops in our head is us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's causing people so many, so much turmoil and every desire that pops in their mind and every desire, every passion, they're like, I need to pursue that desire. I need to pursue that passion. I need to go and do that. I want to go do X, so I'm going to go do X right now. And this is very impulsive. It's very American mindset. It's very, um, very Hollywood culture, very American. And this idea is we should try to, try to seek after our desires and seek them immediately. And I was talking to some friends from Europe, and they were saying, yeah, that's a very American thing. And other countries, things are slower. People deliberate. They're more temperate. America is an intemperate country. We lack prudence and we lack temperance and we seek out after things. We run and rush into them, uh, not thinking about the consequences. And it can always, not always, but it often leads to problems. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, Debbie Giorgiani with The Spirit World is on to join us. We're going to be talking about The Spirit World. So it's going to be a great conversation. You're not going to want to miss it. So don't go anywhere. Plus... Fear and Trembling Game Show. We're giving away a prize, so you're going to want to call in. So stay with us in the next hour. We'll be right back. Years ago, when I started acting, modeling, and singing in Mexico, my Catholic faith was not the center of my life. It took me many years to discover that success, fame, money, and all the pleasures of the world were not going to fulfill me. I got to a point in my life where I thought I had everything, but I realized something was missing. Thankfully, I began a faith journey that brought me back to God and the home to the Catholic Church. You can too. Discover more at catholicscomehome.com. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Should pastors and churches place expectations and obligations on the congregation? Your average non-Catholic evangelical would say no, maybe even no way. It might be said, we do not need written order, discipline, or expectations. Those should derive from personal desire and from the Holy Spirit, not from a church. Or, each Christian's conscience should be sufficient for correction and discipline. Or, the Holy Spirit will personally lead each believer as to what church or to attend and certainly how often they should go. So here's your three best friends tools for Catholic evangelism. Natural law says human society cannot be well-ordered nor prosperous unless it has legitimate authority to preserve its own institution, the Bible. Secondly, the Bible, which says in multiple places such as Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you. And thirdly, the Catholic Church says when we are properly ordered, we will be capable of resisting conformity to the contemporary demands of unhealthy individualism. So obligations, much obliged. 
I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Your connection to our treasured Catholic faith all day, every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Father Preston Cantella from Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Sweeney and St. John the Apostle in West Columbia. You're listening to the AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. A topic always worthy of discussion. In fact, we'll probably have more discussions in the future. I'm thinking about inviting one of my old professors, Dr. Randall Smith, on to talk about transhumanism. He wrote a book on, um, on death. And he had a chapter in it uh, dedicated to transhumanism. And I think uh, this needs to be talked about. I saw a lot of academic level works on transhumanism, but very, very few popular level works on transhumanism. Maybe I should write it. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But joining us right now is Debbie Giorgiani with The Spirit World. We're going to be discussing, I want to talk about the precious blood of Jesus during the Mm -hmm. holy month of July, I feel like it's such a forgotten tradition that I want to discuss this uh, with Debbie. Good morning to you, Debbie. Good morning, Adrian. Thank you so very much. I appreciate being on your show. I've heard recently that you have just been on fire in the mornings, and I love that. I love that passion and zeal. Oh, thank you very much. It's glad to hear. I I always accept uh, compliments. I always tell people for any questions, comments, or concerns, soapboxes, negativities, or positivities, uh, feel free to let me know. I'm always uh, always into those, especially that. But uh, yes, I, you know, it's very interesting. The, the month of July dedicated to the precious and holy blood of Jesus is something that has been lost. And I always talk about this because um, me personally, I never really thought about the, the month of July being dedicated to the precious blood. And I was looking into topics about things to talk about and I came across it and I was, you know, like thinking to myself, why don't we talk about this anymore? I I don't even know much about it. Have you thought about it or you have a devotion to the precious blood, Debbie? Well, actually, yes. And it's kind of interesting that you chose to talk about it this morning because um, I'm I'm very big, obviously, in, in the month of June being the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Um, which is a a strong devotion in my family for many, many years. My mother, um, her middle name was Margaret. So as you know, um, yeah, St. Margaret uh, Mary Alico. And um, so, of course, um, the Sacred Heart of Jesus for June and then the Precious Blood of Jesus, um, which was um, started by um, uh, one of the popes many, many years ago, like, I don't know, 150 years ago, um at the precious blood of jesus of the lord you know it's true adrian what you just said about how we're forgetting these major rich um uh messages that we are to be focused on in a, in a very strong way 
and we we're kind of watering things down we're making everything just very easy and very and, and very simple which which our god is very direct and very and very simple if you will very very strong but very simple but but my point is is that we're we're rich we're missing the richness of what we have in holy mother church and i love that you said that of 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 uh recognizing and remembering and focusing on the precious blood of Jesus, absolutely. I mean, when you look at the divine mercy message, you know, the blood and water uh, flowed forth, right? It, it's You're talking about um, a connection that we have um, with our Lord. You're talking about his, his, his uh, passion and death. You're talking about what he offered for all of us. I mean, this is this is pretty amazing. It's pretty intense. And when you enter into it in a deep way, Adrian, it changes you from the inside out. It's that simple. Mm. Yeah, you know, I was thinking as you were saying that the during the Easter time, um, the at the beginning of High Mass, I attend the traditional Latin Mass, and at the High Mass, and we sing, we sing, change up the song, the the hymn that we sing during the uh, asparagus, which is the the sprinkling of holy water on the congregation. They change that from the asparagus to the vidiaquam. And in English, that's translated as, I saw water flowing from the temple on the right side, alleluia, and to all who come, that water came, have been saved, and they will say, alleluia, worship the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy is forever. And I think that's something, it's a directly relating to the crucifixion, to the piercing of the side yes. of Christ and the flowing of the blood and water. And Professor Plenio Correa de Oliveira, when he was commenting on this, he said, the blood that flowed from our Lord shows not just how much he loves us, because it's true. It shows that he's willing to give everything for us, but also shows us how terrible hell must be that if he's willing to suffer and drop every single drop of blood, even the water from his body, because he knows how horrible hell is. And he wants to make sure that we do not go there. And I was kind of struck by that. What are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing. And the image and the understanding of that. I mean, Adrian, let's face it. There are a lot of shallow swimmers right now in the faith. And and we need to dive deep because there's so much that we can tap into and understand and, and let it, um, you know, really uh, penetrate us in a way that will will forever change us and and it's i i can't stress it enough adam and i especially with the spirit world we're we're noticing that people are hungry they're hungry for um a deeper message they're hungry for uh learning more about what 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 can be done right now in their lives to get closer to god and to really go to really go deep with our lord i know we're um I keep saying that over and over again. I've, I've said it many times on on the show that I do on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie that we've got to, it's time to dive deep. Adrian, I can't stress it enough. It's enough with the shallow swimmers of the world. It's it, it, we've got to stop with that and really think about um, going going all in with the Lord. Right? Amen. Amen. I always that's a, that's a very similar to something I, I repeat very often, which is that. Every age of the church had their own crises, had their own crosses that they had to bear. And our crises is that we do not have the luxury of just saying, I'm going to go to church on Sunday and I'm going to listen to what Father says and I'm going to just trust whatever I hear coming out of uh, the mouth of the priest. 
uh, during our age, our crisis, our cross, is that we have to be educated Catholics. We have mm-hmm. to, even if you're saying, well, me personally, I'm not really into studying and things like that. I'd rather just pray and, I'm, and be done with it. It's like that's not our luxury, unfortunately. Our cross is that we have to study the faith. We have to know the faith inside and out. We have to have devotion. We have to have piety. We have to have that and instill it in others because we can't rely on others to do so. If it's not you, if it's not me, it's got to be someone. And so we have to start doing that. Yeah. I think that's a very, very true, but Debbie. Mm-hmm. Amen to that, Adrian. See, I love your passion. It's 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 very contagious, and that's great to hear in the morning because we need that. Adrian, if you don't mind, um, I, I, I we our show this weekend is going to be on the occult um, uh, this Saturday coming up. Uh, last weekend was the uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. We had mm. a lot of great feedback on that. But if I if I can say this, I just want to if if you don't mind, Absolutely. just put a, a an invitation out to all the listeners. We have a webinar that's coming up tomorrow night where where Adam and I will actually do exactly what I'm saying, dive deeply into the details of how. Um, our children are being led into the occult by these mm. uh, some they it's it's supposedly harmless games. They're not harmless. And so we're going to be talking about it tomorrow night and then we're going to continue on Saturday for the live show um, um, for the spirit world. But the webinar, if people want to register, is at StandTallToday.com, StandTallToday.com. And Adrian, I just feel so I just think it's so important we're getting. Uh, coming up on a new school year, and parents need to know what's happening. These games are being offered at at different birthday parties and events and weddings, mm. um, and they're and everybody's saying, "Oh, it's so harmless. It's just an event party." It's not. It's leading people into the occult. Wow. Yeah. I would just I went to the website StandTallToday.com, and yeah, it's only twenty dollars. I mean, this is a, a big blessing. An hour and thirty minute presentation, fifteen minute Q and A. I think that is a definitely worth the cost because, yeah, this is it's horrific what we see these games that are targeted at children. That you can buy at mm-hmm. used to be Toys R Us, but that doesn't exist anymore. But yep. you could still purchase them at Target, at Walmart, and things like that. Mm-hmm. They're they're put in toy sections, and they're they're literally tools of the occult. Uh, can you give me a sneak peek about that? Yeah, there's a new uh, game out. It's a Ouija board that supposedly you're talking to Jesus or mm-hmm. or or some of the saints, and it's not true. Um, you're actually um, you're actually um, inviting demons um, to converse with you. It's very dangerous, but it's being it's being labeled and marketed as a, this innocent kind of um, you know uh, very. It's actually a good thing if you're if you're trying to reach out to Jesus. Of course, it's great. Well, we have our church to reach out to Jesus, not a Ouija board. And so wow. it's yeah, that's one of the one of the games. But there's tarot reading, there's tarot cards and and stuff like that that's being used as parting as party gifts at at uh, weddings now. It's the it's the it's the in thing. It's very dangerous. Wow, wow, that mm-hmm. is absolutely incredibly concerning. This is why. I always think um, people should pray the Anima Christi prayer very, mm-hmm. very often because that is such a beautiful prayer to protect us from these wicked things. I mean, we ask that the soul of Christ sanctify you, the body of Christ save you, the blood of Christ inebriate you. Uh, these are the very, very beautiful things to meditate upon, but also to implore God to protect us from these things because it's everywhere. It's in every single aspect of our lives. We live in this, um, some people call it a post-Christian society. 
And I would say that the, we're living in the city of Satan. I mean, St. Augustine talked about the city of God, and, and currently we're living in the city of Satan. It is a very, very concerning situation. What mm-hmm. would you say for someone who is, like, is trying to kind of thinks that these things are all not real? Mm-hmm. I was talking to a mm-hmm. friend recently, and their little sister was saying that, oh, well, all that Satanism stuff, all that stuff is all, all right. fake. They're just atheists. They're just trying to be provocative. Right. Well, Adrian, you said it earlier, you know, knowledge is is power. We got to get the knowledge so we can make good decisions um, about what we're doing in life. And that's why, you know, God bless Adam Bly. He's willing to share what he does on a weekly basis in exorcism ministry. It's all true, folks, all true of what's happening. And it's time that we just really um, open our eyes and and really see what's going on because we're in a war it's a spiritual war we've got to really um make sure we have the the proper uh disposition be in a state of grace stay in a state of grace i mean we've got to get there adrian and god bless you for all you do i have to tell you you know every morning you get up every weekday morning and you're there for us and that's important and people need to tune in and spread the word that this is happening that we are getting the message out. We're trying anyway. Amen, amen. So there you go, folks. Uh, just uh, spread the word. Tell tell someone at the water cooler. Be like, hey, have you heard of this show? Uh, you should mm-hmm. tune in. And yeah. I think that would be a, a great thing to do. And especially uh, tune in to uh, the Spirit World on mm-hmm. Saturday. Because, you know, it's it's very interesting. There are a ton of materials out there on the occult but it's all bad where people are trying to promote the occult and there's very, very few things out there to try to put the authentic vision of the Catholic right. understanding mm-hmm. of the occult, but not just that, but how to combat it and how to get closer to God. Cause ultimately all of it is just to get closer to God. We focus more on God than on the devil. Isn't that right, Debbie? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Always focus on God. And Adrian, I just want to say another thank you to you for for recognizing and highlighting the precious blood of Jesus in the month of July. Last month, social media was just, um, you know, flooded with images every day of the sacred heart of Jesus. It was a challenge that a lot of Catholic Christians put out there on social media, good use of social media. This month in July, we should be doing the same thing every day, post something on the precious blood of Jesus and how much he loves us for each and every one of us that he would suffer and die uh, such a humiliating uh, death on the cross. Absolutely, Adrian, let's go for it. Let, that's a good use of social media. Amen, amen. And it's, it's very telling that the Anima Christi prayer says, blood of Christ, inebriate me, inebriate. We think of inebriating and that we think of uh, drinking wine. We think of, of consuming alcohol and it bringing joy, bringing kind of almost a delusional among us. And we're saying, let the blood of Christ make us vigorous. Make us vigorous for God. Make us crazy for God. And make us burn with love that's so overwhelming that our intensity of love is like, it's like drinking wine. It's like drinking a fine vintage wine. I think that's a very beautiful thing. Uh, Debbie, Amen. last thing. Where can people tune in? Where can people connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, the Spirit World airs right here on Guadalupe Radio Network um, at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, please tune in and and uh, you can call in. We're a live call-in show. And Adrian, I just want to say thank you again to you, uh, Tito, and your wonderful producer, Taylor, who happens to be our producer as well. So, Amen. Amen. 
Well, thank you. God bless you, Debbie. And tune in on Saturday, 10 a.m. Central. And that's going to lead us into the Fear and Trembling Game Show. Speaking of calling in, you could call in and you could be a prize winner. And that number, 877-757-9424. One last time, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability. Secondly, heavenly friends. Those in heaven long for your prayer requests. Their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth. Sorry to say that. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. Well, Oral Roberts University has the prayer tower. TBN has a prayer department. Your home church probably has a prayer hotline. Well, guess what? Heaven has on-demand, pure, unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses. They're waiting on you. feel like life is just too busy, too much, constant noise, social and traffic, work, paint, bills, it just doesn't seem to let up. Well, maybe it's time for a change. God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace and less chaos, then find your hope today. Begin at CatholicsComeHome.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of the game show, Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could be a winner. How do you be a winner? Well, just pick up the phone and dial 877 757 Nine four two four. That's number eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. Now you may be asking, what exactly am I listening to? What exactly is going on here? Well, you are listening to the Catholic Drive Time Show, Fear and Trembling Game Show. Now, Fear and Trembling Game Show is a Catholic trivia game show where the trick is. I'm not going to ask you the questions. I'm going to ask Rudy the questions. And I have here three Catholic trivia questions. And those three questions are going to be asked to Rudy. He's going to give me an answer. And it's your job to tell me whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong. You'll have 15 seconds on the clock. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? If it's God's most holy divine providence, the winner this week is going to receive a CDT prize pack. Now, what does that consist of? Okay, it consists of a lot of different goodies we're going to put together, but also it's going to include a replica of the coffee cup of divine providence. That's right. The one, the only coffee cup of divine providence that was unearthed in the Middle East ages ago. Well, we can't give that one away, but we can give you a replica. And I'm going to guarantee right now, as a snake oil salesman, you can trust me. <laughs> it's going to make your coffee taste at least 15% better. Wow. Guaranteed. Wow. Guaranteed. And I'll tell you what, 
just to sweeten the pot a little bit, we're all going to sign it. Now, typically, you get three signatures on there for the whole team that's on Catholic Drive Time, but you're going to get four signatures this time. Ooh. Four signatures. It's going to include mine since I got to fill in this week. Wow. So they get Rudy's signature, and they get my signature, they, they get, get Taylor's, Taylor's signature, and they get Tito's signature. And they get Tito's, so wow. you can forge our signatures. There you go. Now you can steal, you steal our information. It's going to be great. I'm excited for that. So if you'd like to do that, or I guess win the prize, that number, 877 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Nine four two four, and we always take the first caller, and you could be the first caller. And so I'm looking over on my left, and the perfect opportunity is here because the next caller, the next person to pick up the phone and dial eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four, will in fact be the person who has the opportunity to win, and it's going to be a great time. So now, that's, don't tell Debbie. Okay, but I won't. I'm I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. I'm not telling her. She's okay, not listening. Don't tell Debbie Giorgiani. Okay. But I'm gonna have like a psychic ability and say this person is from San Antonio. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just just kidding. Don't participate uh, in the occult. What is that? I'm gonna take a wild guess. What are the chances that this person is <laughs> from San Antonio? Well, let's find out. Uh, joining us right now. Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, where are you calling from, or who am I speaking for it first? Uh, this is Alicia. I'm calling from Pearsall. Uh, Alicia from, from Pearsall? Pearsall, Texas, yeah. I think. From Alicia. Alicia. Well, good morning to you, Alicia, from Pearsall, Texas. Is that right? Did I say that city right? Yes. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. Uh, where exactly is that located in Texas? Is that in, that's in Texas? Uh, yes, it's 50 miles south of San Antonio, heading towards Laredo. Ah, Let's go! It's San Antonio. Pearsall, by the way. Pearsall. Oh, uh, Pearsall, Texas. Okay, beer. I, does that count as a San Antonio caller? I'm going to just say yes. Uh, do you listen? How do you listen? <laughs> say again? On the radio, she said. Guadalupe Radio. Um, what channel? Uh, 89.7. Oh, man. San Antonio. There you go. Let's go. There you go. A San Antonio caller. Man, you are right. Uh, very good. Well, praise be to God, Alicia. You are a, uh, we're going to mark you down as a San Antonio caller, even though you're in, in Parasol, Texas. Uh, what is Parasol, Texas known for? Uh, for the peanuts. Oh. Peanuts and watermelon. Really? Well, guess where I'm going to get? I'm going to get a bag of peanuts, man. I, I <laughs> love awesome. peanuts. Those are delicious. Well, praise be to God, we uh, we love uh, our Texas cities, and we love the small cities. Those are the best. But praise be to God, um, are you familiar with how the game works? Do you know how to play? Yes. Perfect, perfect. Then you know you must be a veteran. You know Rudy can be a little tricky sometimes. No, so you got to keep come on. your ears, I was going to say peeled, but that's not the right term. Ears open, I guess. Um, uh, yes. stay, staying tuned. So are you ready to play? Uh, yes, I am. All right. Uh, let's do it. Question number one, Rudy, are you ready? I am ready. All right. The question is, what is the first Sunday in which a Catholic can fulfill his Easter duty? The Easter duty being you have to go to Mass and receive the Holy Eucharist at least one time out of the year, and that has to be an Easter, right? That's the duty you're talking about? Right. Okay, well, in that case, 
It's the first Sunday of Lent. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Right, Alicia? Very interesting. All right, Alicia. Well, this could be a tricky question. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. The question is, what is the first Sunday in which a Catholic can fulfill his Easter duty? Rudy seems to think that your Easter duty is fulfilled on the first Sunday of Lent. Uh, What say you, Alicia, from Parasol, Texas? You went out there for a second, uh, Alicia. I could not hear your answer. Uh, are you saying that Rudy is trying to trick you, or is he correct? Uh, he's correct. Are you sure you want to go with correct? Uh, no, he's wrong. He's wrong. What are you doing, tricking Alicia? Are you? Is she it, was right? Is she it right? It is. It's the first Sunday of is Lent. Is it really the first yes, Sunday of Lent? Hundred percent. What? Yes. Believe it or not, what? first Sunday of Lent. No way. <laughs> no way. That's the right answer. Alicia is a genius. She's so wise. She went with the correct answer, which is the first Sunday of Lent. You're obligated to go and receive our Lord in the Holy Eucharist one time out of the year during the Easter season, which actually is the first Sunday of Lent. But the f- Hmm. I'm going to have to uh, do some uh, looking into that one. Uh, but we'll give you the answer. <laughs> we'll give you the correct answer, nonetheless, Alicia. Uh, but I am gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to look into that because. Hmm. Wow. Even tricked Adrian. Hmm, yeah, Rudy tricked I got, me. I got Adrian. There you go. There you go. I, I, <laughs> I have been tricked here, Alicia. Uh, but don't you worry, Alicia. Nonetheless, your name is in either way. Are you ready for question number two, Alicia? Uh, yes, I am. All right. Don't worry. This one is less tricky. The question on the board. Which mystery of the rosary recalls Christ's birth? Okay. Which mystery of the rosary recalls Christ's birth? Okay. Uh, That is going to be the third joyful mystery. The third joyful mystery is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I hope Alicia prays her rosary because if she does, it's an easy question. If she doesn't, this could be very difficult. All righty, Alicia, 15 seconds on the clock. Two questions for you. One, do you pray the rosary? And two, which mystery of the rosary recalls Christ's birth? Rudy seems to think it's the third joyful mystery. What say you, Alicia, from Parasol, Texas? Uh, I agree. She agrees. She says you're right. What? Yeah. Yeah. Is it true? Is it true? Taylor? Oh! It's it right. is true. It is very right. good. Very good. So you you must pray the rosary, don't you, Alicia? Uh, yes, I do. There you go. Praise very good. God. Praise be to God. Uh, Deo gratias. Uh, very good. Are you ready for question number three? This one, mm, it might be hard. It might be hard depending on your uh, expertise, but I am, I'm confident you're going to get this one right, Alicia. Are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. Alicia is a historian, I'm, I've been told. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ask me who told me that. A little birdie told me. Uh, I heard she has a PhD in, in church history, so she's going to get this. The question is, in what century was the Holy Roman Empire formed by Charlemagne? Charlemagne, otherwise known as Charles? Uh, well, that would have to be in the 18th century or the 18th, yeah, 18th century. century. Yeah. Oh, interesting. 
18th century was was Christendom's what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's see if Alicia is going to go with that. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock, Alicia. The question is, in what century was the Holy Roman Empire formed by Emperor Charlemagne? T- uh, uh, Tito. Rudy seems to think <laughs> that it is the 18th century. What say you, Alicia? I don't know the answer, but I guess I'm going to agree. Are you sure you're going to agree with them? Uh, no, I'm not sure. I'm going to say no. You're going to say no. She's going to say no. She's like, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. She's uh, trying to trick me. That is correct. That is correct, Alicia. See, I knew you were a historian. I was being tricky. I was conflating Charlemagne with Blessed Charles of Austria. Uh, I was tricking you there. Actually, it was the ninth century. That was Charlemagne. Carlo Magno, the great. So I uh, looked up the whole question on Easter. So it turns out in America, United States, we have defined the dates where we can fulfill the obligation from the first time of Lent to Trinity Sunday even though some of those are not within the Easter season. Hmm. So that is actually so a tricky question. only allowed in the United States. So in the United States specifically. So other countries, it Don't might be different. Advice. It might be different. <laughs> it might be different. So I'd have to look up what other countries, what their roles are. So there you go, folks. I didn't know that, so I learned something new today. So there you go, folks. Uh, Alicia, God bless you. God love you. Congratulations. You got a three for three. And make sure you stay on the line so we can get your contact information, all right? Okay, thank you. All right, God bless you. I'm going to put you on hold. Stay on the line. And that's going to do it for the radio side. If you can join us in the after show, I'd love to have you. You can hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter, and we'd love to interact with you directly. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this whole Easter season thing. Very interesting. I'm learning something new today. And if not, we'll see you back here, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you, God love you, and we'll see you very soon. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate Tuesday of the 15th week in Ordinary Time, the Memorial of St. Camillus de Lillis. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise 
that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines forth at his command, and all the stars obey. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who adorned the priest St. Camillus with the singular grace of charity towards the sick, pour out upon us by his merits a spirit of love for you, so that serving you and our neighbor, we may at the hour of our death pass safely over to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. reading from the book of Exodus. A certain man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, who conceived and bore a son. Seeing that he was a godly child, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took a papyrus basket dotted it with bit on and pitch, and putting the child in it, placed it among the reeds on the river bank. His sister stationed herself at the distance to find out what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter came down to the river to bathe. While her maid walked along the river bank, Noticing the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to fetch it. On opening it, she looked, and lo, there was a baby boy crying. She was moved with pity for him and said, 
it is one of the hebrews children then his sister asked pharaoh's daughter shall i go and call one of the hebrew women to nurse the child for you yes do so she answered so the maiden went and called the child's own mother pharaoh's daughter said to her take this child nurse it for me and i will repay you the woman therefore took the child and nursed it when the child grew she brought him to pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her son and called him moses for she said i drew him out of the water on one occasion after moses had grown up when he visited his kinsmen and witnessed their forced labor he saw an egyptian striking a hebrew one of his own kinsmen looking about and seeing no one he slew the egyptian and hid him in the sand the next day he went out again and now two hebrews were fighting so he asked the culprit why are you striking your fellow he- fellow hebrew but the culprit replied who has appointed you ruler and judge over us are you thinking of killing me as you killed the egyptian then moses became afraid and thought the affair must certainly be known pharaoh to heard of the affair and so to put moses to death but moses fled from him and stayed in the land of median the word of the lord thanks be to god response turn to the lord in your need and you will live turn to the lord in your need and you will live i am sunk in the base mal swamp where there is no foothold i have reached the watery depths the flood overwhelms me turn to the lord in your need and you will live but i pray to you o lord for the time of your favor o god in your great kindness answer me with your constant help turn to the lord in your need and you will live but i am affl- afflicted and in pain let your saving help o god protect me i will praise the name of god in song and i will glorify him with thanksgiving turn to the lord in your need and you will live see your lonely one and be glad you who seek god may your house revive for the lord hears the poor and his own who are in bonds he spurns not turn to the lord in your need and you will live alleluia alleluia Hallelujah 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 
Today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus began to reproach the towns where most of his mighty deeds had been done, since they had not repented. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon. They would long ago repented in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will go down to the netherworld. For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The wonderful first reading shows us the story of Moses. And it also talks about, in the especially with regard to Jesus's treatment of these cities that have seen him, that were chosen by him to receive the revelation of Christ, that they are chosen for a special purpose. He says in another place, to those to whom much is given, much will be expected. And, you know, when I first started to understand this gospel, it scared the daylights out of me. And in some sense, it really should. You should have a healthy fear that when you're given something by God, it is intended to be fruitful. The man who's given the talents should make them fruitful. You shouldn't bury them in the ground. And, you know, basically this is the principle of growth. You can't make a lot of orange juice unless you have a lot of oranges. If God gives you a lot of gifts, he's also going to give you the grace to know how to use them. But use them you must. And the, one of the best ways to do that, to use them in the most fruitful way, is to imitate God's plan in making his son fruitful. The, fa the father sent his son. He sent his son to the Virgin Mary. Mary is the archetype, the model, the measure of how to receive Jesus. If we're concerned about receiving Jesus well and making him fruitful, follow Mary, imitate Mary, because this is exactly what God did. Now, if God's going to do this, it's very clear to imitate him. Now, some people would say that, well, Mary would get in the way of, you know, of Jesus, or Mary would somehow get in the way. I think this is the most absurd thing, and I know you've probably heard me say this before. It's like telling somebody to take off their reading glasses because they're getting in the way of, of reading. You know, I should look at the page directly with my eyes. That's about how absurd it sounds. Or take away that microscope, it's getting in the way of you looking at microbes. That's how absurd it sounds. Mary never gets in the way. She said of herself, my soul magnifies the Lord. Now, in this regard, I like to think of Mary, I know this sounds kind of like a, a crude 
uh, analogy like a stockbroker. You know, if you want to make an investment, you go to her. She will make you the investment, the rich return on your goods, on whatever you have to give her, all your gifts. For this end, something has developed within the past couple hundred years of the church, what's called Marian consecration. Consecration to Jesus through Mary. And it is basically a way of replicating the openness, the fiat, the yes, the humility, the purity, the obedience of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And this is a really excellent way. If you have not looked at consecration, go ahead and check it out because it is a very powerful and raw way of making your heart open to Jesus the way Mary is. May the prayers of our Blessed Mother help us to be open to God and to respond even though to those who much is given, much will be expected. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that it may shine forth with the holiness of Jesus Christ. In particular, we pray that the Holy Spirit raise up holy men and women, saints of this millennium, to proclaim the gospel in season and out of season. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, O bishops and priests, that may be faithful to the calling God has given them, and with the many gifts that God has given them, they may be fruitful through the intercession of Our Lady and St. Camillus de Lillis. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for, through the renewal of ministry to the sick, through the intercession of St. Camillus, for hospital ministry, for all those who are hospital chaplains, for all those who bring Holy Communion to the sick, that they may realize their, their calling to share Jesus to the world and to see Jesus and visit him in the, the sick and the poor. For these we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of our beloved dead, that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us for we make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Marys, we pray. Hail Amen. Mary, full, full of grace, grace. The, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Sing of Mary, pure and holy, Virgin Mother undefiled. Sing of God's own Son, most holy, who became her little child. Fairest child of fairest mother, God the Lord who came to earth, word made flesh our very brother, takes our nature by his birth. Joyful mother, full of gladness, in thine arms thy Lord was born. Mournful mother, full of sadness, all thy heart with pain was torn. Glorious mother, now rewarded with a crown at Jesus' hand. Age to age thy name recorded shall be blessed in every land.
pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Receive, O Lord, the offerings of your people, and grant that we who celebrate your Son's work of boundless charity may, by the example of St. Camillus de Lillis, be confirmed in love for you and of our neighbor through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you are praised in the company of your saints, and in crowning their merits you crown your own gifts. By their way of life you offer us an example. By communion with them you give us companionship. By their intercession sure support so that encouraged by so great a cloud of witnesses, we may run as victors in the race before us, and win with them the imperishable crown of glory through Christ our Lord. Amen. And so with angels and archangels, with a great multitude of the saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis uncelli et terra, gloria tua. Osana in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini. Osana in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. You never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, 
and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit, in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Camillus de Lillis, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm at faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant, Francis our Pope, Michael our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you in your compassion, O merciful Father. Gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world, to our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life. Give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaribus moniti et divini institutioni formati, audehemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, Sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celu et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et demitem nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos demitimus, Tabitoribus nostris, at ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, and by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis, agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. 
Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Greater love has no one than to lay down his life for his friends. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Soul of my Savior, sanctify my breast. Body of Jesus, be my saving guest blood of my savior bathe me in thy tide wash me ye waters gushing from his side Let us pray. Grant, we pray, O Lord, <clears throat> that we who are renewed by these sacred mysteries may follow the example of St. Camillus, who honored you with tireless devotion and by surpassing charity was service to your people through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. To his feet thy tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia. Praise the everlasting King. Praise Him for His grace and favor to His people in distress. Praise Him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. Alleluia. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance, Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, my name's Alyssa Vigil from St. Ignatius of Loyola.